Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The very name Jesus, God has become our salvation. Amen. A couple things I want to do before we dismiss the move. Uh, Sister Mia, I've been speaking faith over her, and my faith is weak, obviously. She knew about six months ago or so they got word that they were going to be getting transferred to uh, her husband, Justin, was going to be getting transferred to Washington State. So every Sunday, as long as I can remember, I've been telling Mia, we're not letting you go. We're praying against that. But it looks like my prayers have not worked. And so I think this Sunday is going to be Sister Mia's last Sunday with us. I don't, will you be here next Wednesday? All right, so we got just a few more services. And I just want to say what a blessing it has been to have me as a part of this church. Amen. And we've watched God do some big miracles for her. And she's just been a blessing. She just got such a sweet spirit. And uh, we had to talk her into using that gift of a voice she has. But finally, she gave in and joined the praise team. And she's just been a blessing to our church. And we're going to miss her, but we're going to send her off with our love. Amen. And uh, we're going to do our best. Uh, I think we're going to be able to connect her with the Coots Church. I'm not sure the distance there, but we're going to make sure they get a good church to go to there. We're so thankful for what God is doing in Justin as well, and I know he's just going to continue that work that he's doing in Justin, but I wanted to mention that, Mia. We're going to miss you. So get, if you get a chance tonight or Wednesday or, or Sunday, rather, or next Wednesday, amen, and uh, let Mia know how much we love and appreciate her and how blessed we've been to have her at a part of Living Hope. Amen. And then last thing is I want to ask us, just going to keep it generic, but pray for Sister Monk. Uh, I'm not Sister Monk anymore. Sister Gonsalves and uh, Brother Haley and Sister Jessica. Just pray for them. Uh, they just they have a need right now that they need our prayers for. So I'll just keep it generic. Amen. Sometimes it's not your business to share. So until I get clearance to share the details, I'll just say pray for them if you would. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our children to the move. And uh, we're also glad to have Daryl Paul with us. Daryl was here on Sunday. Daryl, we're so glad to have you back again tonight. Amen. Amen. I believe he is a retired police officer. Is that right? From Kentucky? Amen. We're so honored to have you here tonight, sir. Amen. God bless you. Amen. So if you get a chance tonight, greet Brother Daryl. Let him know we're glad he's here at Living Hope. And we have a treat tonight uh, throughout this summer. A couple of weeks ago, I preached a message about the cornerstone and that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. Amen. He's not a stone. He's not a decorative stone. He's not something we add later. He is the foundation is built upon him. Amen. And so we build our lives around him. And so throughout this summer, uh, the teaching is going to be cornerstone teaching. We're going to be talking about principles of the word of God that are cornerstone. Amen. That they're the foundation of our walk with God. Amen. And so tonight, Brother Junior is going to come, and he is going to add another element. He's going to speak to us about one specific 
Amen. So I think the first week, Brother Tyler talked to us about prayer. Have you know prayer is a absolute. We gotta pray. Amen. We gotta pray. And then last week, Brother Eric talked to us about the Word of God, and that is a cornerstone our walk with God. Amen. Everything we do is centered around the Scripture and the Word of God. And so I'm gonna keep it a surprise. I'll let Brother Junior tell you what tonight's is. But let's give Brother Junior a hand clap as he comes. Pray with me real quick. I've got to experience a lot of things in life, but none of that compares to the presence of, of God. Just wouldn't trade it for anything either. Amen. Amen. So, just starting off, I. I'd be remiss if I just didn't first and foremost just give God all the glory and the honor for, for this opportunity to be up here. And of course, to our amazing pastor and our, and our first lady, Sister Valerie. Uh, so if you are a first time guest here, or if you're watching uh, our eFamily, if you're watching online, if this is the first time you've ever uh, tuned in, you owe it to yourself to tune back in on, on Sunday and, and hear our, our pastor preach. Brother Roberts would always say it best when he would say he's the best preacher in shoe leather, right? So you owe it to yourself. And then also to my wife. <laughs> for putting up with me. She's my, she's my prime rib, my good thing. <laughs> so if you can open your Bibles. To Romans 12:1 and stand for the reading of the word if you can. And once you have it, I want you to tell your neighbor, let's dig in. Man, y'all said that kind of fast. We got some people know where the Bible, how to get through it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. Again, if we could just pray again. Lord, I thank you again for this opportunity that you've given me to be up here. I pray, Lord, that I can decrease and that you can increase and that everything that I speak, Lord, that I can just be a conduit of you, that your spirit will just move in this place, Lord, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. And I believe that you got a word for us tonight. 
And I pray that we will all be able to just open up our hearts and to receive it from you and use it. Just use it in our walk for the advancement of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you can be seated. If you're going to help me tonight. If not, then you can stay standing with me. So I won't feel like I'm all alone standing. Amen. So I do have a short lesson tonight. It started off with about 20 pages, maybe 30. And then... uh, Lost my notes this afternoon, so I condensed it down. Jesus wept. Let's go home. (laughs) So in the last two weeks, the cornerstones of our walk in faith have been the acts of devotion. And the cornerstone that we're going to discuss tonight is an unmovable and undeniable bedrock of the Christian faith. And that is the S word. Now, I know... That's been said before at the pulpit, and we automatically think that we're going to be talking about submission. So that's not tonight. That's another night. And it's not the Sabbath. And for my meat eaters out there, we're not talking about steaks tonight. So, but we are going to be talking about sacrifice, which is another hard word to, to talk about. So Merriam-Webster defines sacrifice as to suffer loss, to give up renounce or destroy, especially for an ideal belief or in. Sacrifices can be used in so many different aspects and opposite ends of the spectrum as well. So recently we observed Memorial's Day or Memorial Day, and that's to honor the ultimate sacrifice that was paid for our freedom. Or when a father or mother must sacrifice their wants for their family. Any, any parents out there can say amen to that? Ever had to sacrifice something so your kids could have something? See, my kids in here, I'd give them that look because they know. (laughs) Or when we must sacrifice doing or buying certain things because it's not in the budget. And we just don't say that tither's declaration real fast before we, you know, swipe. Or Ed used to make fun of me because when times were rough, I'd get it and I'd wipe it. Wipe it on my pants before I slide it like it was a genie going to come out of that credit card or something. And lastly, a big sacrifice for me is eating a delicious meal and leaving the vegetables for God's wonderful animals so they can grow and be strong. Can anyone feel me on that? Anybody? All right. Amen. Got some carnivores in the house. And we also find... Many sacrifices were made in the Bible, and sacrifice is at the core of biblical doctrines as well. So the first sacrifice that we see take place in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve had sinned, and Adam tried to make the first pair of jeans called Levi's. And of course, yeah, y'all like that one. Y'all could use that. That's a good dad joke. Of course... God had to fix that and provided the skins of an animal to clothe their nakedness and to cover their shame. A sacrifice had to to occur to cover the consequences of their disobedience from what God had told them to do. So we know the story. God said, don't touch, don't eat of this tree. And what they do, typical human fashion, they went and touched and ate of the tree. So just a few chapters later in Genesis 4, we read about Cain, the farmer, and his brother Abel, who was a shepherd. 
And then Abel offered up the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And Cain offered up some broccoli and asparagus. Now, if I'm being honest, I can understand why the meat offering would have been acceptable as opposed to some salad or something like that. Again, and no, I'm not hungry. I don't make a lot of food references tonight. But during that time, the righteousness and the wickedness of Cain and Abel were revealed during that time of sacrifice. And when God tested the faith of Abraham, he called him to go to Mount Moriah to sacrifice the son who was the fulfillment of promise. Now, honestly, I believe waiting 25 years for the promise is already the sacrifice. I mean, who, who here wants to wait 25 years to, to get the blessing that you've been promised? Like, if I said, Brother Trey, I'm, I'm going to take you out back one day. Hit me up in 25 years. <laughs> Steak is on me. And then on top of that, who wants to be 100 years old when you receive the biggest blessing? I'm not going to ask who's 100. But can you imagine, like, if my biggest blessing was coming, I don't want to wait till I'm 100. I want to be able to enjoy what my blessing is. But even in that, I also believe Isaac doesn't get enough credit in the sacrifice that he was willing to make. Doing some studying, I have accounts that just pull different ages, but I saw his youngest five as much as being a young teen. And I'll tell you this. I know my dad told me to lay down on the butcher block. I'm going to have to respectfully decline <laughs> laying on the butcher block because, yeah, faith or not, that's, that's rough. But in the Old Testament tabernacle, the entire process of worship and meeting with God was contingent upon the priest bringing and offering a sacrifice. And just like God had to intervene when Adam and Eve were wearing Levi's, I had to do it one more time. He had to create a way to cover our mistakes. And the tabernacle offerings were a gruesome reminder of how sin has grave consequences. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail We've had amazing teachings uh, throughout, uh, throughout even just the last couple months on, on, um, on the sacrifices. So go to tv.livinghope.md. I done messed it all up. But anyways, and there's a, there's a lot of good teaching. But there are some things that I do want to touch on because it was messy. It's not like when you go into Texas Roadhouse and they're like, pick your steak, whatever steak you want. It wasn't like that at all. Back then, it was a messy process when it came, to, when it came time to, to give up that offering. And it wasn't like when we were, you know, barbecuing in the backyard and you got that good smelling smoke coming out or anything like that. No, there was a lot of blood. There was a lot of smoke. And there was that, that smell of that, that burning animal flesh that was in the atmosphere. So, again, it wasn't that backyard barbecue that, you know, that we're used to nowadays. And these and many... Other Old Testament examples of sacrifice bring forth principles that are still revealed through sacrifice. The book of Hebrews tells us the Old Testament sacrifice that remitted sin and covered shame was fulfilled through the grisly sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary. And similar to the Old Testament, there was a sacrifice that involved the shedding of blood. However, unlike an animal that was led, if you think about back then, they were leading that sheep, and that sheep was probably thinking, man, my master's about to go pet me or, you know, this goat thought I was, you know, they were going to get cuddled with or whatever you do with goats. I'm sorry. I'm a city boy. I don't, I don't know. I've seen pictures where people are hugging farm animals, and I don't get it. So, And I'm not talking about anybody in the church. The church across the street is who I'm talking to. 
And it wasn't a quick process either. Right? There was a lot that had to go on whenever they were going to do this sacrifice. Well, the same happened whenever Christ was the ultimate sacrifice for us. He went into it. So here's the difference. You had a lamb that didn't know what they were being led to, but then you had Christ who knew what he was. Mm. He knew what he was going to. Talk about a sacrifice to know that I'm about to get ridiculed. I'm about to get spit on. I'm about all these things are about, and I'm still going to willingly go to that. I mean, talk about the ultimate of all ultimate sacrifices that somebody had to pay. Amen. And then after all of that, to know that he was going to hang on a cross like a condemned criminal. The call to sacrifice reveals our inner desires. So in John 3.17, I know we love John 3.16, but in John 3.17 it says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus' inner desire was revealed while suffering in a moment which I could never imagine. The physical pain of nail-pierced hands, the emotional pain of seeing many of his disciples and followers had abandoned him, the mental sacrifice of knowing he had the power and the authority to stop all of that suffering in an instant. And in that moment of his sacrifice, his inner desire was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I can't, again, I can't even imagine having to make that, look, if y'all salvation depended on me doing that, it'd be a bad day for everybody here because there's, I can't even plank for more than 30 seconds and I'm ready to give up from that physical pain, but much less knowing, but no, I got an amen back there, but much less knowing all of the physical pain that was going to come on top of all the other types of pain that Jesus had to endure. But his inner desire was revealed in that moment. His inner desires and what he had and what he knew was to come, he knew what it was for, and he knew there was a bigger purpose than what, than what his desire physically would have been in that moment, which would have been to relieve all of that pain, to relieve all that that was going on at that moment. And the call to sacrifice reveals whether we are serving the promise or the God of the promise. Abraham had to decide, am I going to do whatever it takes to hold up, to hold on to the promise, which was Isaac? Or am I going to trust in the promise keeper? And so he had to make a decision in that moment. And in our, in our lives, the promise isn't Isaac. But it is other blessings that God has added into our lives. Wealth, success, relationships, whatever it may be. Those things are out there as a blessing for us. And there's times, and again, I'm preaching to the church across the street. But there's times that we put those blessings in front of, of who gave us that blessing. So last week on June 4th, the Tampa Bay Rays celebrated the team's 16th annual Pride Night and added logos, logos colored depicting the style of the modern-day Pride flag. Five of the Tampa Bay pitchers did not wear the patch on their uniforms. The Rays player, Jason Adams, is quoted as saying, this was a faith-based decision. We do not want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus. Who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior? So I'm going to be honest. It would be easy for me to say, oh, yeah, for $20 million, I'll say, you know, whatever I got to say to show my faith. Uh, but Lord knows I, I don't have a $20 million contract. So it's easy for me to say it, right? Or it's easy for me to, to say, well, I'll stand up for what I believe in, and Nike can drop the endorsement. 
because right now Nike's not even trying to give me a free pair of socks right now. So it's easy for me to say that. It's easy for me to say I will stand on what I believe in. I will stand on the cornerstones. I will stand on what the doctrine says. But what about when that moment comes? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when it comes to your front door? And you have to make that decision to stand up and believe what you believe in. And I can tell you it's not easy. I can tell you it's not easy to make those types of decisions. But, but what are you going to do when it comes time to pay the sacrifice? Amen? I told myself I was only going to teach today. Amen. And I can tell you this, if, you, if you've been in this long enough, whether if it's, well, for me, it's from day one. Day one, you're making the decision to make this, the, the day that you come and, and you come to an altar and you repent of your sin, that's, that's day one. You're already having to give up the sacrifice. And then you have to give up another sacrifice when you make the decision to go under the water and in Jesus' name be baptized. So, so if you've been in this long enough, I don't care if you're at the pulpit or at the front door. There's going to be a day that your faith is tested. And you gotta, you got to be able to stand on the cornerstone. you got to be able to stand on biblical doctrine because that way, look, I can tell you right now, look, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So just because we're sitting in here on a Wednesday night doesn't mean that we're never going to have to have our faith put to the test. Amen? And on that day, we'll really learn who we are serving when we are called to sacrifice. Amen. Amen? Amen. I'm going to say that again. On that day, we really learn who we are serving. Because I, I can tell you what, I've been around long enough that I've seen people who, who talk a lot of game, and then when it really comes down to it, they're, oh, yeah, oh, that wasn't me saying that. That was, that was some other guy that was saying that. And in the New Testament, we are not called to sacrifice animals, which I know, Peter's excited to hear about, so if Peter's listening tonight, we don't sacrifice animals. And as Hebrews says, God isn't pleased by those sacrifices because we, we are called to live lives of, of being that living sacrifice. So as we read in the very beginning in Romans 12 and 1, I'm going to read that again. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that, you, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. So just because... And I'm thankful that, that Jesus paid the price for us, and we no longer have to, have to kill these, I'm going to be nice, these, these pretty-looking goats and, and lambs and things like that. Just because we're not called to do that anymore doesn't mean there's not a sacrifice that we don't have to pay anymore. It doesn't excuse us and give us an excuse and say, well, I don't have to do that no more. So there, there's no longer a sacrifice that I have to pay. But here's the sacrifice. And in verse 2 it says, and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove that or prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And if you notice that Paul is not saying to present your guinea pig or your bank account or your spouse. Don't look at your spouse in discouragement or nothing like that. He is saying for me to present myself as the living sacrifice. And we have to do that. When it comes down to it, we, we just we have to do it. There is no. What I've learned, what I've learned is that if, if you leave that option open, especially if it's the easier option, I'm going to go back to planking. If it's easier for me just to get off my elbows and just lay it down, and that option, now, if you take that option away, 
then it makes it, it makes it a lot harder decision to make because that other option isn't there. We have to tell ourselves there is no option in being that living sacrifice. There is no choice that I can make because the Bible says that I have to be a living sacrifice. <clears throat> Amen. And we always got to remember, as a man thinking in his heart, right? His will then, his will then is that other things, <clears throat> I'm sorry. So God's will in our life is that we have to make sure that we're following his will. And the only way that's going to happen is if my will is decreasing. So I want to come down to these last two points. I told you I was going to be a short Short lesson tonight. But the first one I want to hit, talk about is denying self. And that will ask me, she said, is it, did you misspell that as right? No, it's denying self. It's not myself, ourselves, but it is denying self. And I was, as I was really looking at this, this is what I would call breaking the law of what makes sense. Because it's in our carnal nature to receive the most benefit for ourselves. So, Think about how many times somebody will take something that they don't need just because it says free. And I say that because I'm on Marketplace a lot looking for free stuff. But anyways, that's another day. Or, or if you've ever been to a wedding, how do people act when that, that bouquet is about to get thrown? Knowing they don't need it, knowing they're not ready to, to catch it and be married. They still line up, <laughs> catch it, and they'll say, well, I don't need a ma-. Well, anyways. <laughs> now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Yes, there is blessings of God. And if you feel led tonight to give me a car, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm not too proud to accept it. But we must ask ourselves, is this going to improve my walk with Jesus? Will this advance his kingdom? Or my bragging rights. Oh, man. Because I can tell you, there's, there's times that I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. And you know what? Maybe sometimes, uh, maybe I'm going to call myself out. Maybe there's been a time or two that, that God's given me a blessing. I'm like, ooh, man, look what God gave me. But that's not what, it, that's not what the blessing is for, right. right? If God's blessing you something, it's to advance the kingdom. It's to advance what his purpose is in your life. It's to advance the church. It's to advance the body. It's not for me to brag about. It's not for anybody else to brag about. Amen. Sorry, got off my notes. So in Matthew 16, 24, it tells us, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And I... As I was studying this, I really liked how the Amplified Version states it. At the very top, they had this in, in bold letters above the chapter. It says, discipleship is costly. And when Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interest, and take up his cross, express it a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be suffering or perhaps dying of faith in me. Man, talk about a rough, 
Talk about a rough thing to follow. To be able to, to blindly lead somebody into something that you don't know. We hear about it all the time where wars happen and the soldiers have to blindly lead, you know, the captain, their lieutenant, whoever it was, into, into the next thing. But I could tell you the difference about leading, of being led by a captain or someone else, you know, that's out there. The person that's leading us is going to lead us to salvation. The person that, the, my God that's leading me is going to lead me to salvation. He is leading me into something that is far more greater than anything that this world has to offer. So I say that. So don't lose hope in what I'm saying because I know that's a rough thing what I just read. And I know the enemy may try to convince you that carrying your cross is a symbol of suffering and defeat. But I'm here to tell you, you take up your cross tonight, at the end there is triumph and there is salvation. Amen? Amen. But it's going to take a little sacrifice. And the idea of following Jesus without denying self or contradictory, it is impossible to live in his will and mine at the same time. So have you ever tried to do, I'm not a great multitasker, I say I am. It will tell you I'm not. If I'm doing something, she's talking to me and I'm doing the mm mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Or that's when the kids choose to ask me something when I'm in the middle of doing something because they know I'm going to say yes to everything. Before you know it, we're going to have a goat in the backyard. <clears throat> but you can't. It, it, it's, it's impossible, right? It's impossible to do 100% of two different things at the same time. Something's got to give, right? So if I'm holding this water, water representing the world, this and I'm holding this, eventually my hand's going to that people just start setting this down and holding this a little bit longer. Yeah. Let my arm rest. Okay, then I'll come back and pick it up. Right? right? Or sometimes they say, okay, this is my excuse to drink water. Or sometimes they'll say, oh, I'm going to make this load a little bit lighter so I can hold on to this a little bit longer. But I'm going to tell you this. There's got to be a day when you just drop that. There's, there's got to be a day. Like I talked about earlier, there can't be an option where I'm trying to hold on to this and I'm trying to hold on to this because one day it might not be this that you drop. It might be this and you forget to pick this back up, and then you're going to come back and be on your way with this. And the sacrifice is not to, not to hold on to this. The sacrifice is holding on to the word of God. Because you can't serve the world and the kingdom at the same time. I can't focus on gaining all the worldly possessions and laying up my treasure in heaven at the same time. And Jesus didn't leave, leave that statement open-ended. He didn't say, carry your cross and then pick it, uh, set it down and pick it back up later. He didn't say when it's inconvenient or counterculture to go back, you know, to set it down and pick it up. He didn't say that at all. It was, it was a clear, definitive statement when he said, you got to pick up your cross and you got to carry it. it. It didn't even sound like a question at all. It sounds like that's what, that's what he was commanding us to do. We got to pick it up and not put it down. Can you imagine what it was like when he was having to carry his cross? Can you imagine if he would have said, ah, I'm just going to put this down for a minute. Yeah, I'm just not going to carry it today. You know what? We'll do it next week. No, but he, did, he was carrying his cross. Sweat, blood, tears getting in his eyes. He could taste all that on his lips. And never once did he set it down. And he did that not for us to have the option of setting down our cross. He did that as the example for us to do that. He set the example. 
Because no matter what, he, he was going through and he knew what he was going through and what he was about to go through. He didn't set the cross down. He continued to carry it, and that's, what, that's the example that we're supposed to follow as well. And the songwriter said it best when they wrote, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing. God didn't bless me with that talent. So what does it mean to deny self? What does this mean? Junior, well, glad you asked. So holy living. And so for the sake of time, I'm just going to give you this, this scripture reference. But we talked about Romans 12.1, Romans 6.13 through 20, and Titus 2.12. Just take a look at those scripture. And that'll just give you some, some examples of what I'm trying to convey about denying yourself, about denying self. Holy living is our sacrifice because it's, it is so count, counterculture. I talked earlier about those baseball players. Man, I, I'm, I've learned not to look at the news so much anymore after, you know, after COVID. Um, but I'm, I'm almost interested just to see, uh, just to see how, many, how many fans they lose making that decision. I mean, can you imagine? These are, these are professional baseball players. I can imagine they had a lot of followers on their social media. But the, the, the stand that they made last week was counterculture. And I even imagine, I can even imagine in the locker room, some of their teammates probably, you know, gave them the look like, did you really do that? So it was a tough decision. But I'll tell you this, whether it was when Adam should have ref refused to accept the culture when he was around, I know that sounds weird, but there was a culture when he was around. There was Eve. That, fine, it was only one person, but that was the culture that was around. And in a moment, in that moment when he should have been counterculture, he wasn't. He gave in to what God had said, don't do this. But, the, but what was surrounding him convinced him otherwise. And so whether if it was back then in the Garden of Eden, offering him from the wrong tree, or today when the world is trying to give you different fruits, from an entire worldly, worldly orchard, we have to make that decision. We have to make the decision to go against what the world is telling us to do right now. Because I can tell you, there, it, it's, and we've talked about this so much, it's just getting worse. I guarantee next week there's going to be something else that's going to be added on to the agenda. And then at this time next year, we're going to just be looking back and, and every, all the other stuff we've been dealing, dealing with in the last two or three years, it's just going to be back in the shadow because of what's, you know, what they're going to be throwing at us next. So, but I do want to close with this. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So we are a man, we are a strange people. <laughs> tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor you're strange. <laughs> man, I had to go back to my old neighborhood and talk like that. <laughs> but we were called to be set apart. And he pulled us from the guttermost and the uttermost to be a living sacrifice. It says that we are to show praises because of that, not to take the path of least resistance. Nowhere in the Bible did I ever read about a path of least resistance. Right. Nowhere does it say to take the easy way out. Right. So I want to say this, and this is just more of a question. 
How many of you know tonight that God has chosen you? Man, like six of y'all? <laughs> How many of y'all tonight know that God has chosen y'all? Well, it clearly says that we have to show forth the praise of him that has called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And I can tell you, and we can all probably account for this, we know what it's like to be in the darkness. We know what the darkness looks like. So there should be nothing but praise and be that willingness to sacrifice just to be able to stay in that marvelous light. Amen. And I want to just close with this last thing here. Just the same way that the old me was sacrificed at this altar and buried, buried in a watery grave when I took on the name of Jesus. That's the same name that, that I pray everyone here tonight had, has taken on as well. Amen. And so this is a call tonight to sacrifice. Again, it's not, look, I, I'm sure if I was calling y'all up because I had the winning lottery ticket, I'm sure it'd be something a lot easier to line up and to, and to pick up. But what I'm asking tonight is to pick this up. Pick this up. This has a lot more to offer than some winning lottery ticket or, or some keys to a car that I probably could never give you. Uh, but we are called to, to have that sacrifice. Again, like we're talking about, this is one of the cornerstones that we have to build build our relationship with God on because if not when the winds come and when the rains come and they're coming we don't want to be wavered to the left or to the right amen 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 I think one of the first bible verses my mom and dad had us as kids memorized was Romans 12 and 1 and it's uh, it's a powerful verse. We are, and it's not a one-time sacrifice where we uh, deny ourselves. It's a daily thing that we deny ourselves. And sacrifice always precedes anointing. You look anywhere in the scripture where there was somebody who went to a higher level in their relationship with God and God used them, it was always preceded by sacrifice. Amen? And uh, I think Brother Junior brought out the illustration of those baseball players and uh, it's easy for us to look at people on that stage and, well, they need to do this and they should have done that. Or, Yeah, of course they did that, but until you're in that place. Have you heard of the cancel culture that's alive and well in our world today? And even in churches, that they'll take a little snippet of what somebody preaches and they'll put it out there on social media. And it's easy to look at that preacher and what he said and, and uh, shoot it down. But I'm just telling you, I was talking to Eric today, Eric Sylvia, and he was talking to me about that. And he said, Pastor, it's not going to be long and they come for us. And I believe that. I know every Sunday when I preach, I'm sure there's a sound bite they could get out of there that they'll be like, who's that bald-headed guy? Well, he's crazy. He's lost his mind. What's he talking about? But we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. We have to preach the truth. we got to stand upon the word of God. Amen? And that, that word that Brother Junior loved, that peculiar word, peculiar. Strange. Tell your neighbor, you are one peculiar person. Peculiar it means you're, we're different. We have to be different. Than, there's a problem when the church and the world look so much alike that you can't tell the difference. And it's not just in our outward appearance. It's in our spirit. It's in everything. It's in every part of us that there should be a distinct difference between the church and the world. And we should, be, we should be thankful for that. God, thank you that you have counted me as worthy to be a part of the church. Thank you that you have counted me as worthy to be a part of the kingdom of God. Amen? 
Amen. Thank you, Brother Junior. Amen for reminding us of this cornerstone of our Christianity. Amen. And that is sacrifice. Amen. God bless you. I think we have some refreshments back there. We do. Hey, I'm saying this in the pulpit right now. Flo and Christian, you might be on there right now. If you are, we love you. Has anybody heard? Are they doing all right? They're doing good. Baby's healthy. All right. I need to follow up on that. I'm just thinking out loud right now. All right. Church Milk would love this scene right now. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. There's. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.